Hey, this is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And wouldn't you know it, we've already hit 200 episodes, Hans. How about that? That's something exciting. That's something to celebrate, as a matter of fact. And uh, what better way to celebrate than to spend our 200th show doing movies? Covering the Burn Notice film, which you have... Never once advocated for. This was uh, my personal recommendation, but you won't shut the fuck up about Burn Notice for a single episode. That we had to do something Burn Notice related. And how many USA shows have a film based on one of their series properties? None? I don't know. How many? Did you actually... I have no idea. You got to bring that mic in a little closer. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't done any research on that. This one's the only one you need, though. Is that right? What what other what other original USA shows can you even think of? Psych. Uh, Psych. They gave Psych three movies had a movie. to. They did three, three movies, movies, but they, those were after the fact. This was a mid-season special, essentially, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the middle, just to, to tell a little bit of uh, Sam's backstory, which you don't really get to know during the show that much. How do you feel about the fact we did a hundred episodes in a year? Uh, that's, I don't know, it's kind of crazy to think about, but we have been doing almost two episodes a week, right? Yeah, it's excessive. (laughs) You think? You think we should be, we should be having better numbers by this, by this episode? You would think, you would think at this point, but no, it does not seem to be the case, at least on YouTube, on iTunes and, and Spotify, we seem to be doing all right. Uh, but no, maybe we, maybe we got to cut it down to like a half an episode a week. That's what, that's more what I'm thinking. What if we do a half hour a week instead of four hours a week? That might be, that might wet the palate a little better. Or just, uh, put out the two hour episodes on four different excerpts so that there's like a cliffhanger there. So should we be doing cliffhanger episodes like a serial (laughs) from the 1940s? That would be good. What is he going to say in the next half hour? Oh, no, the first half hour, which is the first episode, they didn't even talk about the movie at all because they were busy <laughs> talking about wacky races or whatever. <laughs> that's been, that's been a good third of the episodes we've recorded where it's just been like, oh, yeah. fuck, we didn't even get to the movie. All right, well, this is going to be its own episode. Let me just retcon this into an episode on Dexter because that's what we talked about more. Hey, why don't we retcon this into an episode on Francis Ford Coppola's Jack? All right, that's the episode. And no mention of Jackie Brown, which is what we were supposed to do. But we've done yeah. two, 200 episodes now. Movies has been going for... Started September 11th, 2018. So this is going to be year four uh, once that point wow, is reached. Wow, it started that day? That yeah. September 11th? That's yeah. Are you commemorating something? Uh, the, yeah, the release of Gotti. That's where it all began. Gotti, baby. September 11th, New York. What better way to celebrate that day than with that classic, with that um, yeah, John Travolta modern classic Gotti that is still getting a, a sequel. Is it? A sequel re- reboot. You know they're doing the Spider Verse right. thing where all of a sudden it's like, well, <laughs> it's a sequel to the new Gotti, but it's actually going to have the original Gotti from the '90s playing Gotti again, right. Armand Asante. Gonna have Kevin Costner from The Untouchables. It's gonna have uh, uh, Johnny Depp from Blast- Black Mass. <laughs> it's just a, the extended gangster universe. Yeah, 
That would be wonderful. They both those guys could use that anyway. Have you been watching this Johnny Depp trial at all? No, I stopped watching after the shit. You know the the, the shit's really the jumping the bed. shark of the trial. Yeah. After I that, like, like everything else seems mild, really. Oh, he she slapped you a couple of times. Oh. <laughs> it's it's interesting to see Johnny Depp reveal secrets about her, secrets about her family, her friends, uh how he put them all in apartments for free, rent free. Yeah. And this is like only two years after knowing her and rushing into a marriage. She had a wife at the time. I had no clue she had a wife. Oh. Well she's she's definitely got BPD, right? She got has all the signs of that. Um, well, they announced and, today, uh, there was some Twitter thread talking about how she had some uh, advanced narcissistic disorder diagnosis. It wasn't BPD. It was something very similar sounding where it was just like the most self-absorbed person on the planet you could ever imagine. So, it, it, Hollywood I, it actress? Are you seeing? <laughs> yeah. I don't. That's, I don't know. It seems inaccurate to me. <laughs> yeah. Should we have not? Hold on a second. Should we have waited to introduce your new microphone as like the proper audio of your new microphone for not the 200th episode. Cause there's a good chance your audio is going to be fucking horrible. And then we're going to wind up in a situation where like the original 100th episode where we tried to do gaudy and gaudy. And then that got pushed to, I think one Oh three, uh, for Zack Snyder's justice league. Uh, there was some oh, issue that's... with that episode. I don't even remember. Yeah. I think I it was just bad, pushed, but, is this bad? Does this sound bad? No, you're just not mic conscious at the moment. So you haven't had the oh. you haven't needed to direct yourself to the microphone before because it just kind of picks up everything when it gets filtered through Zoom. But what, now right. that you're using a, your microphone, your proper microphone audio, you got to direct yourself to it. Otherwise, it sounds like you're on the other side of the room. Uh, okay. All right. I'll I'll uh, it'll take some practice, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's only 200 episodes, three podcasts, <laughs> fucking seven years. Now you learn you have to face the microphone when you talk to it. Yes. All right. Let's <clears throat> let's let's get the burn notice. Let's get the burn notice. How did you discover Burn Notice the series? Which by the way, I finished the pilot in time for this episode. And I have some thoughts mm -hmm. on both. But go ahead. Okay. Um I think it was just uh, when did it come out? Twenty. It was like two thousand. It had a very all right. So I when I put the pilot on the first thing I got blasted with is they are going they're very much so leaning into the whole csi miami aesthetic of mm -hmm. high contrast grainy digital video and he's got his glasses on he's we freeze frame and then we move and it's doing this 2005 2006 cable television style that is so of that era and of that space in in art yeah yeah, I don't really remember how I discovered it. Uh, it was 2007. I think uh, at that time I was just uh, learning how to use torrents. So I was just like, I'll get, you know, let's see what, what they have available. Oh, this is a spy show? Cool. I'll just download this or whatever. And I downloaded the first season. Uh, and uh, So you didn't even didn't watch it on that... the network. You stole Burn no. Notice season. No. <laughs> and it was probably TV rips, too, with the USA logo yeah. at the bottom of the yes. screen. Yep. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have USA here. We barely had cable uh, and Latin American cable. So uh, I remember it was this and it was uh, uh, Rob 
Robin Hood TV show from the BBC too at the time that I was downloading too. Mm. So it was those were like the two that I that I remember that I was watching at the time. But uh, I didn't know that Bruce Campbell was in it. Uh, so that I, I feel like because like you said, um, Jeffrey Donovan, the main character, he's not he's not the most charismatic person in the world in this show. He's he's kind of uh, kind of a very one note in it. Even though uh, in a lot of episodes he tries to or he has to play a different character and uh, he's very good with accents uh, that 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 he is uh, he plays some um, Russian or like European and because he's the character supposedly spend a lot a lot of time in that part of the world uh, but he's not yeah the most the most charismatic leading man I would say uh, would you would you agree with that with that pilot episode I are, so what I another thing that I was struck with was just. Yeah, it was that. I didn't say that. Jake said that on our show uh, where we did The Sixth Sense, that he said he was one of the least charismatic guys. And I've been familiar with this guy through his more recent work, which was Fargo Season 2 and the Sicario films. And so to see him on this show back in 2007, where he's essentially just playing himself, he yeah. doesn't... My My takeaway is, first of all, he's improved a whole lot as an actor since he did Burn Notice. So good for him. Uh, the second thing is that I think he's one of these guys. And I was having this thought the other day in regards to Jerry. Because if you, and we're going to spill some Mass State Lottery secrets right now. When we had to shoot Jerry's scenes, uh, one scene where he had a monologue essentially a couple of times. Because uh, Jerry just could not get really comfortable being, being a character that's essentially himself on, on camera. It was a, a new experience for him, and it took him a while to warm up. And uh, it hindered his performance, and we reshot the entire thing once he was more comfortable, and he nailed it that time. But then we had Jerry, and I don't want to spoil anything here, but we have a character that's essentially um, prosthetics. That's all prosthetics. And when Jerry was this character where he's hidden... Jerry's fucking, he's Johnny Depp. He is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. He's the real yeah. deal. He's the best actor probably of anybody when he's fully disguised as this character. And I was like, okay. So this this is an interesting thing here where it doesn't, I won't say that he can't play himself, but there's a night and day contrast here when you give him something to, to uh, fall into and disguise himself with. And I think Jeffrey Donovan is one of these guys where he can play the Sicario guy, who's like this wormy book nerd military guy. And he can play the Minnesota, tall, brutish, uh, vaguely Russian uh, family member in Fargo season two. And you're saying that he's good with accents and whatnot. That makes sense. Because when he's himself, he's very dull. He's very just... Yeah. He's got a smile, clean-cut guy. <laughs> you know, he doesn't sell the character, really. It gets better. Like, this is the pilot, so, of course, like, the the things that it ends up becoming, uh, it's not what, what you see entirely. Uh, there's a lot of sidekicks and a lot of odd characters that are added, of course, because it's a, you know, TV show of the time. So you have a, a money launderer that's friends with him who's, like, this little chubby uh, weirdo, right? So he's, like, a weirdo pervert guy, and... And then there's another another uh, ex-military guy that joins them at one point. Uh, his brother is part of a couple of episodes. So it's a lot of uh, what happens with this show. I don't even know if they, they still make these types of shows anymore. Uh, but Hawaii 5.0 is probably the only one that I can think of. I don't even know if that's still in the air. 
all of these shows got pushed over to uh, CBS, NBC. They're all procedurals on the major networks now because there's an audience of people who are over 60 years old who need something to watch and don't have streaming right. figured out yet. And they probably yeah, won't. They'll so just die this, I feel like this is similar to that, but for whatever reason, this this run from 20, uh, 2007 to 2013, uh, it's still... like I don't want to say it holds up because obviously technology has changed a lot. So... It, Starting with the look of it, it's very much of that era, like you said, uh, uh, of, of television of that era. So they literally know, just straight out. up copy the CSI Miami aesthetic and camera angles yeah. and editing styles. It's a blatant ripoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you add elements like Bruce Campbell pretty much playing a Bruce Campbell character who's just a, a drunk that has sex with people and uh, has connections in the CIA or... or He's like his sidekick, but not, but not very helpful. You know, he kind of helps, but but at the same time, you just like the guy, so he you just keep him around. Uh, that adds a, a a lot to what he's not bringing uh, to that character, which is the the charisma and like a little bit of humor there, a little bit of uh, not taking itself too seriously, right? Uh, and then you have the, the girlfriend character there too, who is uh, next spy too, so she's. She's like the sassy, smart uh, girl that also can kick kick some ass, right? So that's the that's like the main cast. Oh, and his mom also joins, who's more of like a like an obstacle than anything else. Uh, so um, it is very procedural uh, of of ar- around that time. But I don't know for whatever reason, all of those elements here work really well for me, or have always worked really well for me, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I, I rewatched the pilot too, and I, I was like, "All right, let's just keep keep watching it." <laughs> it. It was fine. I mean, look, this is not the worst of uh, USA's procedurals, but the acting is so bad. It's it's awful in the pilot, um, and it's really only Bruce Campbell seems to have any sort of idea of how to come across on camera. And you're right, he does just with his presence alone make up for all of that for what limited scenes and also he's very fat in this pilot you can tell he was like (laughs) comfortable not acting for a while and not having a reliable gig he was living off i think those spider-man paychecks just doing the little cameos here and there because what else did he do he obviously he did the evil dead movies and everybody loves those they're revered evil dead 2 and army of darkness especially and then was he in the dark man movie Yes, he was. He did a lot of B movies too. He, I think, he directed a couple. Man with the Screaming Brain, if I'm not mistaken. And there was another one. Uh, was my name, my is, name Bruce is Bruce before? Uh, was that before or after this? I think it was after. Let me see. Works work. Uh, I remember that movie Bruce was, was 2007. treated. 2007. So it was around the same time. Yeah. I remember that was one of the yeah. first. I feel like it was one of the first movies that went direct to blu-ray that for whatever reason was revered and i think it was just because he happened to star in it and it was a very uh joss whedon-y meta hey we're we're self-referential here kind of film yeah. and it got at the time anyway mind you the the internet was a very different place when you're communicating and getting information and trying to form opinions on movies based off of message board comments and not Rotten Tomatoes exclusively or anything along those lines. People enjoyed it in that space. So I don't know what it's actually at, but um, wasn't that also the name of his his memoir? 
No, that one's called. Uh, well, he's got like four books, I think. Uh, there's a couple of them. Uh, if chins could could kill, and then there's another one called uh, Hail to the Chin. Uh, 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 Have you read any of these? I read the uh, if chins chins could kill the first one of those two, uh, and he just tells. Uh, stories from being on set on like no budget movies and how he got started and how he got like hooked up with Sam Raimi. So it's, it's pretty interesting. And he's, he's a really funny writer too. Uh, he has a couple of other books, uh, make love the Bruce Campbell way. And, uh, another a book of essays that's called the cool side of my pillow. That one is the most recent one and seems, uh, weirdly serious, at least the cover. <laughs> so I don't know what that one is, but, uh, the if chins could kill one or the first one and then uh make love the Bruce Campbell way I, I didn't finish the, that one the second one but the first one I remember it was really really funny I bet he would be a great audiobook now I might you see I've been thinking about signing up for Audible again which reminds me surfshark.deal/lowres it's been about 4 episodes since we forgot that uh since we uh plugged that rather I did do some pre-roll stuff recently just in case I continue to forget because I still haven't gotten used to plugging that. But surfshark.deal slash lowers. Sign up. 83% off. It's a VPN. You, you you would use that for whatever devious or malicious things you probably have in your head that you would use the dark web to do, typically. But Surfshark is the best place to do that. So anyway, I'm signing up for Audible. And I'm probably going to check that out. And I might check out. There's a Joe McGinnis book that I wanted to take a look at. Uh, but I've I've been mostly on a nonfiction kick, so I think I'll probably get to that first. Uh, I think he the... narrates it, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it's Bruce like narrating it himself. So it's of course you have to, because if you you're a celebrity, you don't narrate your own book. That's a huge disappointment. I remember when Morrissey put out his autobiography, which he only did through Penguin Classics. That was his one agreement. He said, "I'll put out my autobiography, but it has to be a Penguin Classic," which is. <laughs> Like the Criterion collection of, of books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he did not narrate it. They got Stephen Morrissey. Uh, no, uh, sorry, not Stephen Morrissey. That's him. They got the guy from The Walking Dead who played the governor, whose last name is also Morrissey. It's like David Morrissey. Oh. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, not as... Yeah, you want to hear the uh, the the real person narrating their own stories. That's weird. Uh, at the time when this came out, he was doing a lot of voice acting and a lot of, well, I guess that's his career, right? A lot of like voice acting, a lot of small roles on, on things. Well, there were like uh, the, three uh, Evil Dead games I remember that came out between Dreamcast yeah. and PlayStation. I played Xbox. one. I remember I got it for like 20 bucks at Walmart after I skipped class during high school. I just stayed home and played the entire thing. And it was cruddy, but I was on a... I was on an Evil Dead kick around that time, and I was just like, I remember I was very hyped up about Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash and the possibility of that coming out in like 2005 or something, and it just never it came out. Here. So I, I, I wound up getting involved with these games and just reading into, uh, you know, like the comic books they had done with that character and, and all that. But that was a very, like, fleeting phase. But uh, I'm, I don't know. What, I, I'm not too well versed on what he's done outside of his, outside of his work, uh, where it's just him playing himself, essentially. I only saw recently he was in the Maniac Cop movies. 
Yeah, I think his best work is probably, um, well, obviously, uh, Ash in Evil Dead. I think that character is, no one can play it. And even though I'm not a huge fan of, of that remake or reboot, or whatever you want to call it, I, I think not replacing him was the best idea or the better idea. Because I, I just, it's very uh, Freddy Krueger, you know, where uh, you try to cast someone different. It's like it just doesn't really work the same it uh, doesn't have the same charisma as the original one, so it ends up just looking creepy. Uh, what is it, Jackie Earl Haley? That was just, damn, he is a pedophile. You know? <laughs> so like, I don't, it's like you don't even like Freddy because he's very, very creepy. Um, yeah. Adventures of Br- Briscoe County Jr. That's a really good show. It's that like was the other West TV show. series he did. Yeah, he starred yeah. as a cowboy or something in that. I've been meaning yeah, to check yeah, yeah. that out. They've been recommending it to me through... I think either HBO Max or IMDb or two, maybe it was Tubi actually because they were like highly rated on which by the way highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes they had that this movie that we're going to be talking about is also highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes as you pointed out here 90% yeah, and the audience score was what like 75% 75. or something I think so yeah just like every A24 film the critics love it more yeah. than the audience uh, A24's Burn Notice The Fall of Sam X. Yes. Uh, he he, did, he was in Darkman uh, in the Maniac Cop movies. Congo. Uh, uh, he was a small role in Congo. Uh, the Majestic. He played, break. he played some yeah. actor in The Majestic. Here's what I forgot. I forgot that he was also on Fargo Season 2 with Jeffrey yeah. Donovan. He played Ronald Reagan. He did a fairly yeah. decent job as Ronald Reagan. Baba Hotep, he's really good at playing Elvis or a guy that thinks he's Elvis. That might be his, that honestly that. might be his best movie. Yeah, movie quality wise, his performance is really good too in that. Uh, but I just don't know. Like I feel like he should be. Maybe he's too old now. But all of those movies that Bruce Willis has been making in five in the past five years, they should just cast him. Because even though the the scripts are, are shit and like there's not there's not a lot that an actor could do, I feel like he could bring his you know own flavor of performances to the movie. So at least it would be entertaining to watch and not just a a dull. I'm not even trying actor. But well, there's an opportunity like, now that Bruce's brain is melting now that it's soft. Uh, but Bruce, I mean Bruce, Bruce Campbell rather it's Bruce and Bruce. Uh, Bruce Campbell is doing TV movies. What is this adopted TV movie with? Oh, it's written by Jimmy Kimmel. What? And there's a, a little Asian boy. What is this all about? Hans, what is Bruce Campbell doing now? See, I saw that he did something on like the Hallmark channel with some other washed up has been. I think it was like Mario Lopez. Black Friday? Maybe it was Black Friday. Was- I don't know. Yeah, I think this is is this. Hold on, let me share it. This? No, 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 no. It was not this. This was uh, supposed to be released in theaters anyway. I, 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 this is just a horror movie. It was um, no, no, no. It's not that. It was some ah, Jesus. It, it was a Hallmark Channel movie. This? Oh wow. Oh boy. Is this? (laughs) It might be this. It might be Peter Gallagher. Bruce Campbell, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Yeah. Damn, I don't know. I mean, getting... 
I, I was gonna say probably getting paid, getting money, but I don't know how much are you getting for for this. <laughs> I don't know. What um, what is eighteen and a half? He plays Nixon's voice. Nineteen seventy four White House transcriber is thrust into the Watergate scandal when she obtains the only copy of the infamous eighteen and a half minute gap in Nixon tapes. Is it show? No, it's a movie. From last year. Never, never All right. I do kind of want to hear his Nixon impression, though. But, but yeah. Uh, I mean, he's how old is he? He's he's gonna be about sixty, 40, right? Fifty, fifty-eight. Uh, to uh, he's sixty-four. Sixty. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Good. 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 Whatever he can get, I guess. Really. <laughs> well, he yeah yeah he was never the. You know, he was never like an awards contender. He doesn't have like a certain actor integrity that he needs to uphold or anything along those lines. This is this is his genre. This is his niche. He was taking these crappy roles and elevating bad movies. Oh yeah, he was chicken yeah. chicken biddle in the Aqua Teen movie for like five minutes. Yeah, he he did a lot of uh just the cars too. Well, because he was fat. Because he was, was fat, just like we saw in the burn notes. <laughs> he was a fat tub of lard. He had his gut hanging over the the waistband of his pants, hanging out in Miami. It seemed like a great gig to have. But he lost. I will say, by the time we get to the burn notice movie, the fall of Sam Max, he is noticeably trimmer. He's dropped at least about thirty pounds from. Yeah, he looks unquestionably slim. Now, type in Bruce Campbell burn notice pilot. <laughs> and he is just very full face, very full bodied. He's got tits flopping around. He looks so much better in the fall of Sam Max. Yeah. I don't think this is it. This is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's close. I don't think that's from the pilot. His belly definitely looks bigger in the Yeah, right about there. And that orange shirt, that looks much closer to where we're at uh, as of the start of Burn Notice. And that's season two. Just fat Bruce Campbell. Yeah, if you just type in Bruce Campbell fat or Bruce Campbell rolls or Bruce Campbell belly folds, um, you should be able to find something. Oh, yeah, and he's eating and drinking in like every shot that I've seen in the the series. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't you get a bad deal if you're 60 and you're like, yeah, I'm shooting in Miami? He wasn't 60 at the time. He was like 42 years old. Oh, whatever. You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) He's lived the life. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to have a a mojito every time I'm on screen or eating tacos. Like he's always at a restaurant Mm -hmm. uh, having drinks or or eating something. So I don't know. Just uh, maybe part of his deal. Yeah. No, I think it's more part of his lifestyle. And they just kind of dealt with it because they needed charisma on the show. They needed someone to be funny and amusing. But, and Jeff you know what I, was not that guy. What I really appreciated, though, in this uh, uh, Follow Sam X movie, that they didn't de-age him with that shit. I mean, I don't, I don't know if in 20... The first time that we saw any digital de-aging was Ant-Man, when they did it to Michael Douglas. That was the first real instance. Okay. And that was, was what, that? about 2015, 2017, 2016? It was around that time. Uh, that's that's the 15, when people... Yeah stopped and went whoa they just did something very impressive and important in this industry here
Yeah, but I think I think by just uh, making him lose weight, dye his hair, and just I don't know if he 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 doesn't really look younger, but he doesn't look bad. I guess so you kind of believe that okay, fine, he's he's younger here. They don't, they don't have to do much to make him look younger than in in the in the show, especially like you said, he was he was kind of a tub when he started so it just lose a little bit of weight and just with that you look younger mm. yeah that definitely guess... cut off some years i mean he looks older but he doesn't look noticeably older from where he begins in the series which is you said that, that this movie came between season five and six and it ends with season six right right i think so if not four four or five just remember that it was in between seasons uh 2011, I, I guess that's season four instead of, of five, because it ended in 2013. Uh, but yeah, I, I after seeing what they've done with digital de-aging, I kind of appreciated this approach more than than what you what you get now. Um, because even though uh, there's times where uh, things like the Irishman looks good. When he looks bad, it looks terrible, and he really takes me out of it. So I kind of appreciate this better. Obviously, it's a movie for TV, so of course the budget, you know, you can't never compare it. I don't, I don't think you would even put any type of money into into trying to do that. But, uh, but it was like a, a nice change after after uh, how much Hollywood is using that shit now. Uh, yeah. Well, here's what I think is interesting: is this kind of movie is not going to exist in the future because of the um the commodifying the or rather consolidating of television and movies into like one entity and streaming content just having a general cinematic or cinematic enough vibe to it where you know all of the series are essentially shot these days like their movies and burn notice is not a show like that burn notice is shot very much so like a procedural and there might always be a space for for that kind of program. We'll see what the taste of the incoming generations uh, uh, shapes to ultimately. But it doesn't really seem to be molded to that kind of, let's just have a perpetual thing going where it's a very conscious thing that the story only matters week to week. Um, it, they, that got bulldozed around the time of, Breaking Bad and, and Mad Men uh, coming to a close and everyone going, okay, we can go fill that that void now. This was around the same time as the, the kind of end of old television and that resurgence of something new, something new in the narrative form. Um, but, you know, with uh, eyes going away from cable TV and away from the, the major networks, really, there's not going to be that kind of TV movie feel any longer. It was a very popular thing in the 1970s. They made uh, tons of television movies with reputable directors, actors. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about uh, Salem's Lot a little bit here and there when talking about Stephen King and Toby Hooper. You know, that was a TV movie that was so popular that it got a theatrical release. They re-edited it, cut it for theaters, put it out. And there's, uh, there's plenty of films like that. Like The Death of Richie is one uh, that... Uh, well, we've got a show coming up with Jake Hanrahan oh, yeah. where I briefly touched on how they did a TV movie of the week on um, uh, the guy's name is is uh, slipping from my mind at the moment. But he was kidnapped, uh, taken away for 10 years, renamed Dennis, 
Oh, my! I know my name is Steven is the name of the movie starring Corin Nemec from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Uh, he's also in The Stand, the Stephen King early 90s made-for-TV movie. And this feels kind of like all of those. What was I was going to ask because you're saying that that's not going to exist anymore. Does it exist anymore? Hmm. It's the last I, 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 I'm looking for the 2000s like lists of uh, TV movies that were produced for American Broadcasting Company. No, that's ABC, right? Yeah. Oh, that's stupid. All right. Well, never mind. Because this one's ending in 2005. I'm trying to find. Yeah. Once those Disney TV movies of the week got nixed, they they didn't produce any more for the major networks anyway. That was definitely an ABC, CBS, NBC uh, deal. And once they quit that, that was it. That was the end of it. I know that the National Lampoon's. Uh, Christmas Vacation 2 movie went direct to CBS or direct to NBC one Christmas Eve. So there's, there was that as well. Is that, is that the one where it's the uncle's story? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He's the main character? <laughs> I tuned in for that. I was excited about that. I was an 11, a naive 11-year-old who was like, oh, what? They made Christmas... Wait, hold on. Christmas Vacation... Wasn't Christmas Vacation technically like the third vacation movie how does this make sense why is there a two at the end of it and obviously it had nothing to do with any of them they yeah. got like the daughter back from the christmas vacation movie or no not even from christmas vacation that was juliet louis dreyfus or something wasn't it i don't remember they they mixed and matched the daughters in that movie anyway it was a big old piece of shit you probably shouldn't watch it but i i can't recall the last one off the top of my head this might be the latest the latest kind of example of that. I know they did Salem's Lot for TNT back in 2005, 2006. That was before this. Hmm. But to answer your question, I think it's not... I mean, it only exists right now through the Hallmark Channel, through Lifetime, and these networks that are watched by older women, and they're not branched off from any IPs. You know, it's not a TV show. It's not a book that's being adapted for for television. It's all well, it original. Is. I think I think some of them are books, aren't they? Or or maybe they've branched out that way, like the whatever random lady name mysteries or random lady name investigation. Maybe like, <laughs> you know. I see a because lot of I... uh, when I go home and I I tune in on cable and I see what my mom's been watching. It's a lot of she's a novelist who fell in love during Christmas. <laughs> And it's that yeah, they just change the change the setting. It's just either fall, Christmas, or or uh, I don't know, winter, whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. always it's always like a cozy sweater season. So you know you don't show any skin or anything. No, no. Is everyone's wearing sweaters and dresses? No, you get whoever played DJ on Full House, and then like the Jesse from One Tree Hill, but he's now forty. <laughs> he still looks good, but it's like. They don't get along at all. But when they have to solve this case, and then it's like a close-up of them, like forehead to forehead, looking at a piece of evidence or something, and then they look into each other's eyes like they're about to kiss, then they'll fall in love. What what will happen this Christmas in this Christmas? Candace Cameron stars in. (laughs) Wasn't she on like a... Yeah, Full House, right? Yeah, she's on Full House. Full House. They love I, using her. She gets she thrown is. into every one of yes, those yeah, movies. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is in this thing. Uh, in this, I guess, 
universe. Autumn Reezer is part of these now. Uh, remember her? Erica Durans. Uh Jesse Metcalf, Candace Cameron Burrell, <laughs> and Dave Coulier as the uncle in A Christmas Fairy Tale. Lacey Chabert, remember her? Yeah, she Mean was Girls. Non, she was not Jennifer Love Hewitt. That was her. Oh, yeah, role. yeah, yeah, yeah. She came in a little too late. Uh, Lindsay Lohan should do those movies. It'd be great to get like a drunk, haggard-looking actress in those happy, <laughs> romantic <laughs> films. They're very successful. That's what we should we should be hired to to write. No, no, we had this conversation on Civic TV for Jingle All the Way too. One of us already went and did that, Hans. We're not all gonna go into that. <laughs> Fine. I, I would guess, be. I guess we won't. I guess we won't. Then fine. <laughs> <laughs> I would be down for email? for like a burn notice style. Sh- if if they want to do, if anybody wants to uh, contract any of us for a procedural secret agent <laughs> show on USA, uh, that's a different story. I might be open to that. You can be the yeah, Michael I, Weston character. I'll play the Bruce Campbell character, and I'll that's be just how yeah, I'll be the Sama Hung. Just I, so I don't have to lose weight. I'll just be fat and do karate. That would be awesome. It'll be good. Uh, what came after? Does TNT not TNT? Does USA do any of these types of shows anymore? Because obviously we talked about Psych. They did what was it? White Collar, um, Royal Pains. All these shows that had the same exact vibe and editing style as Burn Notice. Let me see. I'm pulling out the list. Uh, they did do a Nash Bridges movie recently, and that was uh, that was a CBS show. Yeah, 2021, last year. Um, the Perch TV show. Uh, something hmm. called Treadstone. Uh, based on the Burn film series, apparently. Uh, I don't know. The what right film there. series? Teen Drum. Bourne. Jason Bourne. Oh, right. Yeah, no, they did a they did a Bourne series that failed. USA's uh, days are numbered. That network's going to be taken off the air pretty quick. I think that, that'll be the first to go because TNT at least has shows like Animal Kingdom that people watch or pretend to watch. Well, in development right now, they're doing a Walking Tall series. Oh, are they getting Kevin Sorbo for that since he starred in the sequels? I, I, uh, I think, I don't know. I don't see any information about it any, in, anywhere. Uh, it's just on their Wikipedia. Let me just go to the, do they have a website? <laughs> <laughs> We're at the point where you, does USA Network have a website? Uh, oh, yeah, their big uh, thing is uh, WWE. That's exclusively on, on this thing. Right. That is what is single-handedly keeping them afloat. That's the most reliable audience you can get. Yeah. You got uh, Temptation Island. Do you like that show? Since you like no, I never liked Temptation. I never liked the romance shows when I, was a, when I was a lad. I remember tuning into Survivor, and my cousins tried to make conversation with me. 10-year-old boy, 9-year-old boy, like, oh, do you watch... I don't watch that, but do you watch Temptation Island? And they brought that back. I didn't know it was on USA, though. I thought that was on, like, Paramount Plus or, or MTV. Uh, Biggest Loser. Uh, straight Up Steve Austin. Don't, 
don't know what that okay. is. Stone Cold. Did you ever watch uh, The Biggest Loser? No. Well, that was here's about, what's... I, just, I, I remember Patrice O'Neill talking about it and how he was like, I'm not fucking doing that show where people are going to make fun of me for being fat. He was like, no. Uh, but no, go ahead. What, what was great about that show is they did a couple of seasons. I think they might have done... I don't know if they ever did an all-star season where they brought people... Because that would be shitty. Because that's like, you were on the show. You got fat again. How could you... You're not an all-star at all. You're just a fat piece of shit. You fucking failed. You missed the whole point of the show. But they brought uh, all the winners back one season just to like be interviewed or something. And it was like six skinny people. And then one really big fat person who gained oh. every pound back. It was the original winner. He gained it all back. Nice. Inspiring. And then Bob the yeah. trainer had a heart attack recently. Why would you go back if you're fat now? I would just be like, no, fucking Paycheck. forget about me. <laughs> well, they probably paid him 10 grand yeah, to show up. They probably brought him back uh, to be a competition to the like they do on other reality shows. Yeah, I've been I've been here before. I know what it's like. Yeah. It's just, just <laughs> they should have done that. And, they did that yeah. with New York Pollard on Flavor of Love too, where she showed up to be a guest, and then she was like, "Actually, I'm still in love with Flavor Flav," and then she just became a contestant mid season, and he dumped her again at the very end. He just used her the entire season again, and dumped her. It was great. It was wonderful television. Um, do you think Ruben you could do Stutter a show like that, that show. now? No, I don't do think so. I think it's too fat positive at the moment. Although, listen, everything everything right now is in a state of flux because of that Elon Musk thing. Which, uh, as of our time recording this, that that deal has been sealed. And if there's one place you can affect change, period, uh, and have that ripple out into the real world, it is Twitter. So, uh, not to get, you know, carried off on, onto this little thing, but do you have any optimism at all regarding this Elon Musk Twitter? People are saying that bots are getting dropped off of some liberal celebrity Twitter accounts. I think uh, Tucker Carlson and a couple of, like, racist accounts, mildly racist accounts, got unbanned already. Uh, so, there seems to be some effects already in play after 24 hours. Right. Uh, what do you mean by optimism, though? Like, I don't think... I don't think my life is going to change at all. Like, <laughs> like I don't think this is going to be good or bad for me unless they allow me to tweet retarded again. Which you is can. Not happen. Someone's someone you someone's using gay slurs on, on Twitter and nothing happened. Someone's using. Oh. I saw some n bombs already on Twitter. They're not doing anything anymore. By non blacks. Well, you know, it's like an anime avatar. You can, we have to assume that, you know, they're POC, but there's no verification of that. People are furry. Uh, Yes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's funny that so many people are freaking out about it. Uh, It says a lot, I guess, um, when it comes to, you know, who you, you were able to silence before that you can't now. But at the end of the day, I don't think my life is going to change in any positive or negative way at all. So I'm kind of like, whatever. Like, why would I give a fuck? You know, I don't care. It's like, what am I going to get? One more follower? That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think the I quality of life could potentially go up as... Re- and this is me being naive, perhaps. But we'll find out. We'll find... I mean, look, they, a bunch of billionaires could come together and go, no, we can't have this. And then do something crazy who knows but it i think it's private now i think he privatized twitter so nobody can 
interfere at the moment. I don't know. I, I think something interesting could happen. See, but that's the thing. If I think if we were exclusively right wing uh, and had an audience because of that, then maybe I would see a positive change uh, in my life. But because we're not, then I, I don't like the audience is not going to grow exponentially just because of something that we say like that on Twitter or something divisive that we couldn't say before this. So eh. I don't know. You could start screaming the N word on this show and we could post it on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. We could cool. we couldn't do that on YouTube. On YouTube, they said you you can't make any money at all off this. As a matter of fact, you're right. banned this... now. This is hate speech. But on Twitter, that could be a whole that's theme to the show. That's what's stopping me from saying from shouting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise, listen, every third word would be it would the minute be my that like. the recording stops. Hans just is sweats and screams it out loud like he's in traffic. Like he's angry in traffic. It's the longest yeah. he goes without saying it. Uh, we haven't talked at all about the, <laughs> the fall of Sam Axe. Yes, we haven't. Starring uh, A-list actor Pedro Pascal, who, I mean, look, I don't know. I don't think he had the clout. What was he known for at this time? Because he didn't have the, the clout that he currently has. What was the thing that set him up as like a, a an actor to observe in the the general public? Game of Thrones. Was it Game of Thrones? Yeah, where he played that horny guy uh, that could fight and then get killed. Apparently, he was in Narcos. I don't watch that show. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, It seems like he was in The the Mentalist, seven episodes, Graceland. That, I'm not familiar with any of that stuff. Uh, um, Lights Out, The Good Wife. That's pretty much. Ooh, he did The Good Wife? He was on six episodes of that, yeah. Uh, Playing Nathan Landry. It's, it's a very white name for this Colombian man. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau, he played a major D. Um, so his success is definitely a more recent thing. You know, I just watched the unbearable weight of massive talent, that Nicolas Cage movie that he co-stars in. And that was a very average film, in my opinion. I do appreciate the fact that it opens with a scene from Con Air. That's about the gist of... That's about the extent of my enjoyment, though. Does it try hard? It tries way too hard. It's very Reddit. It's very film Twitter appeasement-y. Too self-aware. Yep. To be enjoyable. That sucks. Uh, He was also in The Bubble, which you really enjoyed. Yeah, he was great uh, in that. Another thing that got that made him big, I think, is that Mandalorian show. That even though he doesn't show his face, he plays that main character. Right, of course. Uh, so, yeah, but it's just yeah stuff like that. Uh, we can be heroes. Not, I have no idea. What so he's a TV equalizer too. The Equalizer too. Great. So he hasn't done anything worthwhile. I don't understand the hype for this guy and why he's so celebrated. Uh, he delivers fine performances. He's not a particularly you know why? like handsome actor at all. He kind of looks like a squished face Jeremy Renner, you know, just like <laughs> Jeff, Jeremy Squishy. Renner. Yes, if he didn't take a shower for a week and then got in a car accident and fucked up a couple of his face bones, that's Pedro Pascal. I don't know. I think he. You know, I think he's you not. You know worthwhile. why though? The reason why is because he's. Uh, Star Wars universe character that from a show that people like. 
that's all you need to be celebrated in, in the circles that, I guess, social media circles, because what else has he done for for people to lose their shit? Well, he's the Mandalorian, so... Burn oh noticed the fall of Sam Axe. He right. plays the villain in this movie. He plays a badass here. A very, very, uh, very smart villain. Not really. Very easily defeated <laughs> villain that falls very easily for... Uh, for Sam's very smart plan, uh, in the end, he's very—he looks very young here too. Right, he doesn't have that dirty "I'm trying to grow a mustache for the first time" look that he has in everything else, where it's just a couple of specks of dirt on his upper lip, and that passes his facial hair. Yeah, I can't—I can't say anything about that. Uh, no, you grew a full I, mustache. I, I, <laughs> There's some. Listen, you—you grew. Uh, if I would pull up some screenshots from the movie right now, you grew a full enough mustache. Compared to Pedro Pascal, full enough. Full enough. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, t- I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> That's gonna be the new Full House reboot. Now that Bob Saget's dead, full enough, and they will have Uncle Jesse and Candace Cameron, and if uh, Stephanie doesn't go on a meth uh, relapse okay. binge, then maybe she'll yeah. be around too. It'll be just them three. What, what about the Olsen? Twins. They didn't show, they up. show up. They didn't do a damn episode of that Fuller House show. They didn't want to be bothered. Do you watch it all? Watch it all? You think I watched <laughs> all watch. of Fuller House? <laughs> no. I watched, I'll tell you what, I watched, I think, like three episodes when they brought it back because I was Why? like, oh, wow. For what? I liked Full House what? when I was a kid. When I was a child, Full, Full House was the premier sitcom. Well, when they were also children and, and when the adults weren't old and. And it's weird that they're still playing these roles 30 years later or however old it is. Right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, the quality of the writing just... did not improve at all between Full House and right. Fuller House. So then you realize, you what Stephanie, am I watching? Stephanie, you got Stephanie Tanner there with her giant meth tits being like, did I do that? It's like, you're 40. <laughs> you're 42 yeah. or whatever her line is. I don't, that's not her line. Whatever. How you know what rude. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's like you're 45, ma'am. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know if that's no. the show. That's what it. That's what it sounds like in, to, in my head. Uh, like it would be, you know, them trying to still be cute, and it's like Comet, the dog died 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they had to cancel it because what's her name got arrested for for having her child cheat on the SATs. She went to prison. Aunt Becky. Oh yeah, right. Was she a big part of that show? I don't know. I don't know what the extended because when I tuned in, I remember Candace Cameron was essentially the the lead of the show, and they had her children, so it was all new. It, they did the girl meets world thing, where it was like, all right, we're gonna have we're gonna focus on the children of these characters. So Bob Saget was hardly in that season or whatever. I don't think John Stamos really showed up at all. I don't know what Dave Coulier was doing, but it was it was the sisters. Well, Bob Saget was too busy headbutting the floor. Oh. <laughs> Has Did anything it? come out from that? It's they like, said. Oh, yeah. He's got, you know, uh, lesions on his brain from like being hit on <laughs> with like a with a with a toilet cover or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just not natural. It's just natural. What did they say? They said that uh, the injury he sustained would have come from someone who was hit over the head with a baseball bat or if they fell 50 feet. So that must have been a very hard slip in the shower or whatever happened to him. Maybe he pissed. Maybe uh, who knows what happened with him. He slipped down the stairs 50 floors and uh, 
and died in a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. None, none, none of that makes any fucking sense at all. Uh, it says he was lying on his back on the right side of the bed, partially covered by the sheet and bedspread with his left arm lying loosely across his torso and his right arm by his side. The sheets, bedspread and pillowcases on the bed were white and there were no signs of blood or bodily fluids on them or anywhere else in the suite. So it was all internal. Uh, and he just thought, oh, my head is aching. I better go to sleep. It's the one thing they tell you not to do when you get head injuries. <laughs> Don't go to sleep. Bob, what the yeah, fuck were you thinking? Bleeding around the brain and demonstrated the transfer of force that broke the orbital bones at the front of the skull. So it's... What? So she, he hit the back of his head so hard that it broke his face? What? That... that Oh, I broke my face. Sense. I better take a nap. I better go to sleep for the night. Maybe I'll wake up and feel better. Yeah. The amount of force necessary to cause the fracture, coupled with the fact that the skin on the back of the head was still intact, led him to believe that the injury was most likely caused by something hard covered by something soft. Like a fall into a carpeted floor. Uh, can you imagine the type of... Listen, when I was five years old, I fell backwards like... I was jumping on the bed and I fell backwards onto my head and I cracked my head open. Uh, I was in Mexico and we didn't go to the hospital because we were trash. So my dad just poured a bottle of alcohol in my head and just <laughs> wait for it to stop bleeding. Uh, which which, wow. which ex- I, I think explains a lot of things about m- my current uh, mental state. But anyway, but anyway, uh, that, <laughs> I love that, that it's just a healthcare care plan. Is if you get, sustain a head injury as a child, your dad just pours a bottle of alcohol. <laughs> you just get a Corona on your on your head injury. I remember very vividly that I was just pouring blood and my dad was like, ah, it's fine. And just like a bottle of alcohol <laughs> in my head and just like pressed on it. And it's fine. I have a pretty, pretty bad scar for that. But, but I mean, wow. I, that was me jumping on the bed as a five-year-old and I didn't die. And I didn't have a, like a horrible fracture like that. Number one, he's not obese. So he doesn't have that the force of your body being super fat for that to make any sense was he jumping on the bed and then fell on the back of his head like (laughs) you know like that doesn't like how high were you to do that so i don't know it's very i don't even know where we're going the bob saget truth or tangent here but it's just kind of odd that he you know i think they should probably investigate that that's what i would say another classic tv actor dead well where did hold on? So anyway, Fuller House should do a movie. <laughs> they should get the Olsen twins for that. It should be one of their direct-to-video Warner Brothers clamshells, like the, they're solving yeah. the mystery, and the mystery is what killed Bob Saget. When he popped up. He actor? popped up in one of their movies. He played a lottery guy. He uh, it was him, and I think it might have been Mary Steenburgen, and they played lottery presenters. I think it was to grandmother's house we go. You would you would have been about twenty five when that came out, so you probably didn't watch it. Right. I was, yeah, I was in a different part of my life. Uh, they haven't done shit since twenty two thousand four. It was a New York Minute. Was... Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah. Eugene. They should just cast him as Danny Tanner. Didn't he die? Eugene Levy? No, he's still around. He's on Shit's Creek. He's doing that show. That's Gilbert Gottfried who died. No, no, Eugene Levy died. I'm no, he didn't. Sure he did. No, he I'm didn't. Sure. No, Eugene I'm Levy's sure. very alive. He just won the best series Emmy or something recently. 
His well, son is true. the lead on that show. It's him and his son doing that show, I'm fairly certain. Have you seen it? Yeah. What do you think? I Canadian don't care. Humor? I don't care. I don't care any, any, an iota about that. People will tell you, oh, that's the funniest show. No, it ain't. What is it? The premise is what? A rich family that loses their money or something, right? Hey, yeah, they're, they're goofy. They own a they're hotel. goofy older people. They're doing the thing from wait, waiting they're, for Guffman. They're rich, but they're, you know, hey, they remember, don't understand regular people. Cause remember rich. SCTV? Remember Fridays? That's it still. Yeah. Remember that movie with uh, Samuel L. Jackson where he plays that dork? Is that him or is that another Jewish? That was Queen Latifah. <laughs> that was Queen Latifah, Steve Martin. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm thinking of the, the dad from uh, from American Pie. Uh, isn't he a Levy too? Yeah. No, that's who we're talking about here. That's Eugene Oh, that's Levy. him? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. He was in a movie where he played a cop. They tried to make it... Uh, with with an undisclosed black man that I thought was Samuel Jackson. That's Queen Latifah. Racist, but... It was Cl Queen Latifah. She plays Actually. the Equalizer. They should do a TV movie on the Equalizer with Queen Latifah and bring the trilogy to a close. Have Denzel cameo, just like just like Emilio cameoed in Mighty Ducks Three. Boy, are they gonna feel silly now that the Vax mandate's over. And they have no Emilio on their next season of Mighty Ducks. That's back, too? The, everything comes back. Michael Keaton's 70 years old. He's the new Batman. Oh, you See? forgot. You, you, this is, this is such a forgettable film. See? Why would you remember this? <laughs> I don't know. I just remember the trailer. What was, like, was with Sam Jackson's watch? hair there? He's got braids. He's, he's black man. Braids. They tried to make him look young, I guess, in 2005. So they gave him braids and an earring. That's nice. But uh, <laughs> the, the Fall of Sam X is, uh, is a TV movie that premiered. Did this premiere on USA or did they do a direct-to-DVD, direct-to-Blu-ray release? And then it was like, well, we'll play this as part of the season. Because I remember Family Guy did that back in 2002, maybe where after the show had gotten canceled, they had went and done a three-episode arc that was intended as the movie, and they put that out on DVD before the series came back. That was a summertime no, it came, release. It came out on, on USA. It says here that the event was viewed by 3.57 million viewers upon its first airing in the 18 to 49 demographic. That's impressive for now numbers. I don't know how impressive would that be for... For that, for twenty, what two thousand eleven? That's not bad. Five million. That's honestly yeah, not that bad. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? We haven't heard your thoughts. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, because so, because I I haven't I haven't presented it as the best thing and like I, I, as much as I give Burnout his credit about how much I like it. This movie, I've always been kind of like... Uh, You've uh, talked down about that. this movie. You said, oh, no, 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 let's not do the movie. Yeah. We can do the first season. The movie, I don't think so. Uh, so I, I, I made an effort to watch the movie before I watched the pilot of the series or got anything at all from the Burn Notice TV show because I wanted to see if it could stand on its own as a movie because there's a lot of movies that are based on television shows. As a matter of fact, HBO has been doing movies like this recently. 
which I don't know if I, if you would put it in the same uh, column as a burn notice, the fall of Sam Axe, but I'll give you an example. Uh, when Stephen Merchant's TV series Hello Ladies got canceled, they wrapped mm-hmm. it up in a movie, and they called it Hello Ladies the Movie. Looking, which was Andrew Haig's um, TV show about uh, gay dating, which was kind of like his movie Weekend, got canceled. They wrapped it up in a movie called Looking the Movie. That's HBO's M.O. They've done it with a few different series. I think they might have done it with um, Issa Rae's series Insecure as well. But I could be misremembering that. It might have just been a long special. So they, they've been doing that. And um, I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by the idea of these, these TV movies uh, in that you can take the approach of doing it one way which is you just completely blot out the non-series audience and go, you guys don't matter. This isn't for you. This is exclusively part of this canon. If you haven't watched the series at all, you're going to be lost. And uh, then there's another route, which is kind of radically different, which is more of a House of Dark Shadows path. And the House of Dark Shadows is a 1970s film, which is based on the Dark Shadows property. House, um, Dark Shadows was a soap opera that was on that was about uh, uh, a count, Barnabas Collins, who was a vampire, and his living in this estate and trying to um, adapt to 20th century living in New England, I think. And uh, what they did was they got the TV cast for that, and shot it simultaneously with the soap opera and did the first season's story in a movie. And it plays out okay as a movie, as a horror movie. Um, And it's a pretty well-done 70s vampire flick. So you have that as well. And Trailer Park Boys also did that, where they took the first season of the series, reintroduced the characters, and said, all right, this is for for the, the people who already find these people funny, but... As far as the story goes, this is going to be like an alternate canon where we're introducing these characters to a much wider audience. And this Burn Notice movie kind of exists in the middle of that, where it doesn't seem to directly intersect into anything that we've seen with the, the series. It's very much outside of that, but it's also hardly burn notice related from what I've seen in the pilot anyway, outside of having that uh, Bruce Campbell character, Sam. So you have the, the, um, the lead character, Jeffrey Donovan, and he actually acts worse in this movie for his very limited amount of time than he does in the pilot. And I suspect this is because he's the director and he's not thinking. So he's delivering a very poor performance. He's hardly acting at all. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's doing like Bruce Willis now, where he can't remember the fucking lines. Like he just wants let's to hurry up, up his his Yes, let's play the scene. Fuck it, okay. why not? <laughs> Two hundred episodes of movies. We finally play a burn notice clip. Let's check it out. Alright, hold on. <laughs> let's get it's I mean I, I really thought he did a terrible job in that little scene, but then we watched the pilot. And it's like, all right, well, he ain't better. I mean, he is marginally better here, but he's not a good actor in this show at this point. Uh, all right, well, we're, we're checking this out right now. This is his scene where he has a very different look from the rest of the series. And he, he makes a quick excuse for that, because I guess he had a beard he didn't want to shave. Comes with a job, Sam. Hey, nice tan, Mikey. Where you been? Someplace sunny. Well, it agrees with you. <laughs> Remember how patient you got when we were stuck back in Poland in 92? Yeah, how long in town? A few days of debriefing at least. 
We'll see. So, you know what it sounds like when when uh, people have used cameos on like short films and things like that. Mm. Where it's like he's just he's just reading the line, like not not no and not not really putting any any effort or any enunciation or any any intent into any of his words. He's just reading the line. Yeah, he doesn't care at all. He wants to just hurry through this. Advising an old buddy with a sticky situation. How sticky? Sticky like, let's get a table in a few more rounds. An admiral. It had to be an admiral's wife. <laughs> oh my god, that's so bad. Go to Maitland and explain. Tell him you didn't know who she Can we just play that back real quick? Also, you got some messages popping up or something. Uh, he's, uh, first of all, he's doing a very poor drunk guy. He won't commit to like I've I'm intoxicated, so it also just comes across very life. Like look at that face. That's junior year actor, actor face. That's I just got out of my first acting class face. Hold on, let me close a couple of things over here. There we go. Yes. All right. It had to be an admiral's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He barely gets through the word admiral. Oh. An admiral. <laughs> That's so bad. Go to Maitland and explain. Tell him you didn't know who she was until things had already gotten out of hand. In fact, call him right now. Mike, that's not what I This is such simplistic dialogue as well. This is very college film. You know? Yeah. That's the kind of secret that stays secret because if it comes out. People get sent to Siberia. Exposition. As soon as Maitland looks sideways at his wife. Exposition is this. You're a smart guy, but you've dated like one lady and she was a freaking psycho. I'm just saying, you may not be the expert on this whole boy-girl thing. My job is to know what people are going to do before they do it, which is how I know you're not going to take my advice and this is going to blow up in your face, Sam. Is he like an incel on this show? Because the same thing comes up during the season premiere, the series premiere. Or they're like, oh, well, you don't really date women much, do you? He's like, yeah, you just didn't do it. For... Is he like gay or something that they reveal midway into the series? No, well, his girl is the one that joins his team. He's like his ex-girlfriend and like the love of his life or whatever. So he doesn't have time for ladies. He's he's trying to get rid of his burn notice so that he can become a an, uh, regular person again. So, you know, he's he's too busy for that. He's too busy helping people around Miami with their problems uh, to, you know, care about pussy. <laughs> Naturally, of course. Um, yeah. I actually don't mind the series premise. I think it's I think it's kind of interesting. But yeah. what they do with it, I mean, I think it would have obviously been better suited for like a movie rather than six seasons of a TV show. Where a lot of things change, yeah. Where characters come and go and, uh, and uh, are added because I guess you need to fill, what, 20 episode seasons? Uh, right. This has to get into yeah. syndication so they can play it around the clock and everybody can make nice residual checks uh, yeah. annually. So this movie exists on its own. It's exclusively about Bruce Campbell's character, Sam Axe, and it's a little bit of a prequel to the proper series. So y you don't have to be uh, someone who is particularly well-versed. If you're just wanting to watch a direct-to-DVD-style Bruce Campbell film, it definitely fills that. Um, and it's no different in quality than anything uh, 
that you know that doesn't veer too far away from my name is bruce or or um any of those flicks so i didn't mind it as far as that goes i obviously wish it was a bit shorter they do go full 90 minutes uh this would have been fine at 70 minutes but i remember checking in at like the 48 minute mark i was like oh okay all right so we got another episode essentially to go um and it does play out more or less like a two-part procedural episode of a cable series you know it's not particularly cinematic you do have bruce campbell he's very good at chewing the scenery and he's entertaining to watch um i don't know i don't have type of i think this type of things he should be doing like this type of movie is perfect for him you know to play that role maybe not always you know an army guy but this type of like low budget uh very small production movies i think he's very good at uh, where they give him more time to just do the character himself instead of just being a side character that just pops up to to uh, make make up for the fact that the main character might not be that interesting. Right, because they yeah. give him they give him an, they even enough like humor. I guess it's not funny. I'm gonna say it's funny. I like the fact that they gave him bad Spanish. Like his Spanish is terrible in it, but he continuously uses it badly. That was that was a, like a funny character quirk thing that I, that I really like. And then there's a couple of uh, nods to his life outside of the show. Uh, there's one point where he throws a chainsaw at a jeep, and he says, uh, "What is it? Real groovy or something like very groovy?" He says. Uh, and then they call him the Chin, well, that was uh, yes, I, or something, and uh, yeah, and that was another yeah. So that that uh, as a fan of the man and and the show, that was kind of kind of a a nice uh, little you know nod, I guess, to to his life outside of the show. That I'm sure you know the the creator of the the show who also wrote this, I think, was very aware of before he was even casted. I'm sure. Right. It does fit into the Bruce Campbell canon of films pretty seamlessly. Uh, and I think it's worth is in that. It doesn't really play out much. I, now, granted, I haven't seen the other episodes of this series where you have his character. But, sure? um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't mind the pilot uh, as far as like a cable series, especially from around that time goes. It's certainly watchable, even if the acting is very bad. Um, yeah. They had Batista from Dexter on that first episode. Is he just a regular character? Also, Ray Weiss is on the show and apparently like an antagonist. Yeah, there's uh, there's some people that pop up that you wouldn't expect uh, from that time. Uh, really? I, think, I would I expect think... those two certainly. They needed the work. <laughs> Around that time, you know, just uh, side whatever character. Yeah. That pops up a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken. But a lot of just, you know, TV actors that pop up as uh, people that need help. Uh, you got a uh, well, John C. McGinley from Scrubs. He he pops up in a bunch of episodes. I think he's like a marine, obviously. Like, sure, like always. Um, let me see what other names are. Trisha Helfer, that's someone, right? No, Alona Alona Ta. No, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think these are women who just slept with the right producers. Um, uh, yeah, I don't recognize. Oh, Richard Kind is in three episodes. Oh. Patton plays his Patton character in three episodes too, like nerdy, warmy guy, Patton Oswalt. Um, oh, I thought you meant I thought you meant uh, uh, Patton the general. Right. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I don't know. It's just 
a bunch of other people that I don't recognize at all. But but oh, Lucy Lawless is in one episode. But no Kevin Sorbo. They said no thank you to Kevin Sorbo. No, you couldn't because he was canceled at the time. Yeah, all right. He was too conservative for burn notice. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was too conservative for a spy show set in Miami. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think it works for what it is. I'm not going to say, you know, it's the... the again, not, it's not the best representation of the show, I don't think, because big elements of it, like the most of the cast is not in it. Uh, the two CIA guys are younger versions of two CIA guys that are on the show that are kind of pains in the in uh, Sam Axe's ass. So that was like a like a cool nod there too for if you're a fan of the show. Uh, but I think for what it is, you know, the story of a of a soldier that's kind of a shithead that kind of doesn't really care. Uh, he's sent here to die because he fucked the what is it Al 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 Is that what's that his position? I don't even Admiral. remember what his position was. Yeah, 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 yeah. His, he his fucks wife. His, he wife. his wife. Yeah, so he so he sends him to this mission to die, pretty much, and he figures it out and works with a ragtag band of of uh, Colombians with shitty rifles and defeat the uh, military. So that's, I mean, it's very it's a very simple storyline, but I think. Bruce Campbell elevates the character and, and what happens in it. Like you said, he's very good at chewing the scenery and, and making a, a, a scene interesting, even if there's not much to work with. Um, again, I'm, it's not the best representation of Burn Notice, I don't think. I think maybe season two or three are the best. Uh, but it's still like a fun, you know, 90 minute watch. It does drag a little bit. I also felt that too, uh, because I was, I, I just rewatched it before we started recording and. At one point, I was like, oh, yeah, well, this is about to end. And we were in, like, mid-45, and I was like, yeah. oh, shit, there's still, like, an, almost an hour to go. Um, there's a, there's a but, bit of a mislead at the midway point where you do feel like, all right, so this is wrapping up now. And it's a TV movie. Right. It's probably only about 50 minutes. No, it's not. We, we're treating this for real. Uh, 90 minutes. Yeah, but it's uh, fine for what it is, I guess. It's a... Uh, it's, uh... I like the little zoom ins that he did every time Bruce Campbell reacted to something. It would just be like a <laughs> crash zoom into his face. It was just completely out of place with the rest mm. of the movie. But uh, yeah, visually, it's not great. There's nothing really interesting happening. No, it's, it's very TV show exciting. shot. They didn't decide. Yeah. They they didn't uh, change up the aspect ratio or anything like that. It it is shot exactly like any episode of a TV series around that time. Uh, but it does have a, a three-act narrative structure, and it does. Uh, it seems like it was intended to be a movie as opposed to a couple of episodes as a, of a TV series that were strung together. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have any legitimate gripes or complaints. It was actually much more watchable than I was expecting it to be. I had uh, the lowest of expectations since you didn't even seem to like it, and you're the biggest burn notice advocate there is. Um, but it was fine. I mean, yeah. I've seen Bruce Campbell in worse, is what I what I would say. So uh, yeah. ninety minutes of him mugging for the camera, uh, cracking jokes, being just kind of like smarmy, quick witted guy. It's fine. It's not. It's it's not the worst thing in the world to have on the television set. Yeah, and uh, it. I guess it really shows how much TV has changed because, like you said, now everything has to be cinematic or at least look like a movie. Uh, so this is like a. A dying art that is probably dead already uh, or that it's going to be very soon when everything just turns into 
streaming. Once once that generation that does, that can't figure out how streaming works dies, then you know it's gonna be completely dead. I guess mm-hmm. all of us uh, cable and all that. Let me ask you something. So, Burn Notice ends in what 2012, 2013. Did the did the series get a legitimate ending, or did it get canceled? Because you know what I was looking into recently, uh, because Jason Lee decided to do a, sh- a one night only show with Kevin Smith, where they were talking about Mallrats and how he got cast in Mallrats. Uh, he was talking about how My Name Is Earl was abruptly canceled and ended on a cliffhanger because the series creator Greg Garcia, I believe his name is, was granted a, a another season, and then they said, uh, actually, we're we lost a lot of money this year. Uh, we got a clip. My Name Is Earl, so it just ended on a cliffhanger. Never got resolved. Uh, was Burn Notice a TV show like this where you did not have things wrap up in that final episode? No. No, it it gave it a proper ending to the characters. Uh, they they didn't do that Sopranos shit or like the you know the Netflix model of canceling shows and not giving them an ending. No, this is the USA. Got to put some respect on their name. <laughs> <laughs> Got to put some respect on their name. Uh, <laughs> no, they they ended it with like a with like a you know, I mean I, I'm not gonna spoil anything because I'm I'm sure. Uh, there's uh, most people that listen to this have, haven't seen it, uh, but it does get like a proper, you know, end episode. So do any of the lead yeah. characters die? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that everyone lives well happily, <laughs> happily and fine at the end so they can pick it up in case they want to go to TNT. Listen, what's better than a happy end? What's better? <laughs> they were thinking, we what's... might do another Sam Max movie. We might do a season on uh, one of these these uh, other networks. What if we want to come back in about five years? You know, they left it nice and tight and tidy. Listen, what's better than, you know, seeing uh, your heroes that you've been watching for six seasons? Just, you know, end happy and... You know, smile at the camera or stare into the sunset and, you know, live happily ever after. Okay, or I'm until... reading it right now. It's on It's on Google. It says, <laughs> Michael's mother, Madeline, sacrificed her life for her family. No, Fiona fuck. and Michael are living happily ever, a- happily ever after. It literally says happily ever after in the synopsis here. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you would expect that from, from this type of show, right? No, what do you want? What do you want Fiona to die, and then he's just an insult for the rest of his life? Right, that would be good. That would be that would be be a a return to form for Michael. That would be if if the show happened now, but no one knew what an insult was in 2013. So you could have you could do the Dexter thing where Fiona's dead and he's off living in the woods and he's got a new identity, and then Bruce Campbell shows up to find him instead of his son. And then you revive the show 10 years later with none of the energy of the original show. And it's just a whatever season that won't be remembered by anyone. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, you could you could do... Listen, you could do a Burn Notice movie for real and have it be a gritty John Wick style movie. And that would probably be good. I mean, the premise is pretty good, right? Yeah. You're a spy or you've been working for the government for a long time and then... You did something that no one wants to tell you what it is, but all of a sudden you don't exist anymore. And good luck trying to find out why. And 
yeah there go that's really good yeah uh, uh it yeah it could i mean who knows maybe in a couple of years someone will remake burn notice into a into a gritty uh tv show um Zack Snyder's uh, Burn Notice is what we need. Christopher Nolan's Burn Notice is, is his next. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Christopher Titus is uh, Michael Weston. No. Christopher no, Titus boy. is Burn Notice. No. Not with that fucking. What's the. What's this? this the, the laboratory Muppet uh, with the tuft of hair? Yeah, not with a beaker head that fucker had. No. Uh. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I think as a capsule of those years, it works really well. Um, yeah. The show, uh, it is one of my favorites. Of course, you know, it has a lot of faults. Uh, at the time, I also, I don't even know if that show was out yet, but that's, uh, no, Suits. Suit, do you know Suits from 2011? Yes. Suits it's probably still going. That's another show with, like, bad actors uh, that I really liked when this was on. Uh but I was rewatching it a couple of months ago, uh, the whole Burn Notice series again. And I don't know if it's just that I, I hold those, I guess, years very fondly uh, that it, or my, the memories that I have from, from watching this or where, where I was in my life. But they still kind of hold up. Uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, the way that, that, that uh, they make shows now is completely different. And uh, this is more, like you said... Uh, CSI Miami-ish or or uh, like a modern, I don't even want to say Miami Vice because it, nothing ever happens at night. Uh, so it, it can't be that. But um, yeah, especially with how, how much garbage we have now, something like this is very easy to just throw on the TV and passively watch and you're not going to have a bad time watching it. So uh, both that, that and I think that applies for both the movie and the series. Uh, just very easy uh don't have to pay attention to every detail because if you, you know, miss a detail in season eight, when that character comes back and says the same thing, you won't know, you know, that type of shit that they do now. No, this is just like a, a simple, you know, of that day, like a CSI, like a criminal minds show of uh, uh, there is a continuous story throughout the, the, the series. But if you miss an episode here and there, like, you know, you're not gonna, it's not gonna be the end of the world. And Maybe that's why I, I like it so much because it's such an easy watch. Yeah, I think uh, we have gotten away from the idea of a casual watch series. And were you the one telling me this where these streaming networks are not incentivized to go beyond three seasons of a show yeah. anymore because they've they've gotten too smart with it where they realize that the audience is not going to expand beyond uh, three seasons and the longer you keep a show going, that means you're going to have to pay the cast more money. So there's nothing to gain from doing extended series, which is why you see HBO doing a number of limited series, which is one season. You have the cast for that, and then you're done with it, which I don't mind um, in a way. For it, well, it really depends because there's a lot of lim limited series or miniseries that are done now that get stretched out to eight or ten episodes that I think would be great movies if you summed it up to just two hours. And instead, it carries on a bit too long and doesn't play out well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I miss the days of procedurals dominating the television, being what is primarily run around the clock as far as that one-hour time slot. Now, and this isn't a, a complaint about anything like Succession, um, but now you have these 54-minute-long 
episodes of is it a comedy is it a drama the winning time is something like that where i was gonna check that out because i was like all right well this is probably be a 22 minute easy watch nah anything executive produced by adam mckay is like 54 minutes to an hour and two minutes and it's just like i don't want to watch i i don't want to watch a comedy that long first of all right but uh also 42 minutes is like the perfect amount of time for any drama especially a drama that i'm not going to take that seriously to begin with like this yeah we shouldn't because it's not a show you're supposed to take seriously, right? right? It's like an exaggeration of what actually happened to the Lakers. But I feel like that Danny McBride with his shows has found the perfect time or like the perfect length for the episodes. Vice uh, um, Principle was also like 40 to 50 minutes, right? Same with... No, 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 no. All their shows are capped at 30 minutes an episode. Really? Even the... the... Why does it feel much longer? <laughs> I don't know. For whatever reason, it feels longer. Not in a bad way. The um, birdstones. What is the show called? Uh, uh, Righteous Gemstone. Mighty, the Mighty Mighty Birdstone. Right, yeah. that one. Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. Uh, I really thought that those were like forty-minute episodes. I don't know why. Uh, not in a bad. Some way. Some of them but... probably crept up to forty. They're they're not limited to that thirty-minute block, but they're encouraged to aim for that they go anywhere from twenty-eight to about forty minutes, I'd say. But for the most yeah. part, I know Eastbound and Down did not really jump over 30 minutes. And I don't think Vice Principals did either. But Vice Principals um, was intended to end after the two seasons, and they, they had a very specific story in mind for that. And I think they kept it at 30 minutes as opposed to uh, the first and the last, which they're just playing things out as they go along. And so the episodes were quite varied, I guess, because there wasn't a story they had to abide by necessarily. Right. Yeah. But I, I completely agree with uh, not liking the fact that every show now has to be almost an hour. Has to be prestige even, television. Even documentaries. Uh, you know, those silly killer doc- documentaries on Netflix, uh, they, they do three episodes, but each episode is like an hour and ten. It's like, I don't yeah. fucking want to sit here and watch three movies. Like, that's three movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Doing the... What is it? What's that that uh, that show Sherlock? Where it's like, oh no, they're they're episodes. It's like each episode is like two and a half hours. And it's like, yeah, that's not an episode of anything. No, <laughs> BBC the the English do not know how to do procedurals because it's exactly like that. Sherlock, Luther was another one as well, and then uh, not Doctor Who, but they had another series. Um, it was like Broadchurch or something, uh, where they do exactly blind, that. Like you blind us. Yeah, probably. They do. They do exactly that. All right, we're gonna do ninety-five minutes, a three-episode season. It's like that's not a TV show. What you're doing is just specials. Just do a holiday special. Just do a Christmas special. You're you're making it more difficult to watch because I have to sit here for two hours instead of forty minutes or thirty minutes. You know. Um, Yeah, but uh, fair notice. The Fall Sam X. Go watch it somewhere where do you watch it pirate bay yiffy how much is the amazon blu-ray let's take a look right now i'm gonna say right. 11.99 i was gonna say 14.99 that might be a more conservative guess i can't imagine it's that much it might be on sale 9.99 <laughs> it's 48 dollars <laughs> Hold on. Let's take a look at it. You, let's verify this real quick and make sure it's not an Italian Blu-ray or something. Oh, no. It's multiple format. 
what you can get a use for 17. Are you kidding oh, me? One. All right, so it's out of print. Yeah. I think this the DVD seasons, they they never Oh, they did release it in Blu-ray? Oh no. Oh no. I'm gonna have to buy it. <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy it in Blu-ray. <laughs> or hey, you can you can buy the seven seasons for a hundred bucks. That's not bad. On DVD? No, nah, that's DVD. pretty bad. <laughs> Do you know how many DVDs? That's 40 DVDs you're getting. You're talking a TV show released on DVD in the aughts where they didn't go, all right, we're, we're going to consolidate an entire season to two discs. No, you would get those and they would be thick, like, a, like an encyclopedia <laughs> thick, like a thesaurus. And I it would come with... Six DVDs. I... Yeah, go ahead. Let's grab. Let's grab the box set. Uh, let's take a uh, look to uh, celebrate Sam Axe. Um, I remember getting. Oh God, what was it? I know the Simpsons box sets were all something like that, where you had to fold it out. I have a Citizen Kane, and this is pretty bad. This is a 4K Blu-ray. This is not. Look at this shit. This is every single TV show DVD. Is this? And then you got discs flying out everywhere. It's a big well, pain in the ass. Well, this was not so bad. This, this, but this is the Latin American version, though, because I bought it so my dad. This is how, like, how simple things were back in. Not really simple at all. Yeah, I couldn't find subtitles in Spanish, so I had to buy the Spanish version so I could show it to my dad. So I, mm. I was like, my dad's gonna fucking love this show. He watched like two episodes and he was like, "This sucks." I was like, "Fuck you, dad! I'm never buying anything for you again." But uh, this is hey, this is not bad. No, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. But even with that, yeah. you're scratch. All right, so they did the plastic case. What I'm thinking is yeah. the the early to mid and even late aughts where you'd buy a TV season and it would all be a cardboard case. They didn't know how to figure out. All right, well, let's have DVD proper DVD sized, and we'll just do multiple panels in in inside. They didn't do that yet. And, and you have to treat those boxes with all the care in the world because depending on the weight i remember i had the first two seasons of south park on dvd and the weight of it was too much so i remember i opened the first one and as soon as i did it just went <laughs> the cardboard and i was like god fucking damn it you know <laughs> so that was all beaten up uh for that reason this is much better but yeah i remember they were over complicate the the boxes for no fucking reason and then it was just you know the the, having to watch them like that uh or for people like me that are kind of autistic with how pristine things are uh that was a kind of a nightmare i i, I remember i also uh and i think i gave them to someone uh, in england when i had them i bought a, a, a box set of the universal monsters and that was terrible like the 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 way that they were uh, separated the, DV, the dvds or blu-ray i don't even remember what blu-ray is but i just remember that you know there were some companies that would make a box where there was no way that the discs were not going to get scratched or there was no way they were going to fall off if you move the box too much or whatever. So that was a huge piece of like pain in the ass when buying box sets. I'm glad that they've uh, forgotten about all that shit. And now the Blu-ray boxes are just, you know, like a video game. Where you don't have yeah. To play if you get a Blu-ray now, um at most you're probably looking at just like a slightly thicker plastic case when when they were they were still figuring out with dvd and i remember all the simpson seasons had a very particular uh way of releasing it where it was a cardboard box set it was a little thicker it was a little bigger but it was still roughly the same size as any dvd and then they did the same kind of um 
set for five seasons. And then on the sixth season, they put out a plastic Homer Simpson head. And this made me and a bunch of nerds so fucking mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you want to just pull that up real quick? They had yeah, a little yeah, slip. Yeah. In. They knew it was going to make people mad, too. They said, oh, listen, if you're an anal retentive fanboy, you can send this slip in and we'll send you a cardboard case. And I didn't do that. But I was so annoyed with that fucking plastic Homer head on my shelf next to one, two, three, four, five, and then just yellow plastic. Six, seven, whatever. Yeah. It was infuriating. And it wasn't even convenient. It wasn't cute or anything. So there it is. This is how they originally came out, right? Uh, these are Australian, based off of those ratings on there. So um, there you go. That's how it's supposed to look. And then they decided to, right in the top right, there it is. <laughs> Fucking horrendous. This was horrible. And then they, yeah, then they tried to integrate it. Like, oh, yeah, we'll do that, but we'll also have the side, and it will have a cardboard component. Awful. That is hideous. Yeah. It's really it's... bad and so inconvenient for the shelf. And they cracked easily. <laughs> sucked. <laughs> Fucking sucked. Yeah, that looked so bad. You have all of these, like, well, they went back. Okay, so they, they started did go back. regular. That sucks. That's even worse. At least keep it consistent with the head. I, I mean, you're going to run out of heads eventually, especially for a show that's been on for our entire lifetimes, right? It came out before I was born, I think. Wasn't it 78 or some shit like that? No, it was 82? not 70. It was 89. <clears throat> oh, 89. Okay. Well, I was already I was already a lad. But Yes, uh, you were. Yeah, why would they why would they do that? That's just do the head. If you're going to keep you know, like I uh. uh have you seen the the Simpsons short that they put out to celebrate they're going to Disney Plus? No. It's like the worst um, display of commercialism I've ever seen in my entire life. They did a Simpsons like five minute short where they featured all of the Disney owned characters. So you had like Captain Hook and Iron Man and uh, Boba Fett and all these characters that they own to celebrate the Simpsons going there. So Homer went to a bar and you had like Han Solo sitting there alongside Goofy and a bunch of other people. And Space Jam? It was very space jammy. It just filled me with despair to see this. Because I look, anybody who watched The Simpsons, I think during those first five or six seasons, knows that that was a great series and great part of pop culture in the 90s. Um, and Bart Simpson was just like a cool figurehead of rebellion, even though he was on like a major network TV show. Um, he was just a fun character. And it, it became what it is now. Like everything gets absorbed into Disney and becomes evil. Trying to find it. Um, You're not going to be yeah, able to find had, it. I, I had to download a torrent to watch, to watch it because it's a Disney Plus thing, and I don't have Disney. You thought I had Disney Plus and how I was going to watch Burn Notice's Disney Plus? <laughs> That's fucking despicable. No, it is on Hulu for those of you who want to check it out. The entire series is on Hulu, except for the movie. The movie's not. You got to rent that on Amazon for two ninety nine if you want to watch it legally. Oh, but I I can't even fucking play this because it's Disney, right? Yeah, well, we featured a burn notice clip. We might get clipped over that. Maybe we just talk real loud over it. You want you keep the volume down. Don't do any volume because they do music. 
I didn't find it though. I found another one where Homer is wearing an Iron Man suit and he's very fat. You'll get the yeah. If you uh, get the idea, uh, you'll get the idea very easily from a clip of it. You don't need to play the entire thing. Just don't feature any audio at all. Oh wait, I think I found it in Spanish. All right, let's go with that. Let's take a look at at that. But again, don't do any audio. The audio is what's going to get us in trouble. Okay. All right, we're taking a look at this. This Simpsons celebration, I believe this was released in 2020, late 2020, or maybe early 2021. And uh, the name of it is escaping me, but yeah, here we go. Is, is this it? Yes. This is... Oh, yeah, that's it. Automatic uh, captions, all right. Mm-hmm. So you're not one of us, and Winnie the Pooh, like, he doesn't even have pants. Hello, Mr. Goofy. Are you here with someone? No, what's particularly what's particularly nefarious about this is that they're being like self-referential in a way that's kind of poking fun like haha we own all these characters you know isn't that isn't that just so capitalistic or whatever but they're also like you're you're it you're that thing you are that thing it doesn't matter like you're making fun of yourself about it, it doesn't negate the fact that you are this thing uh that doesn't make it more charming yeah, this sucks. It's also like not funny. No, which is not surprising because Simpsons have really fallen off in twenty years. When were the best? That's like being generous one? now. It's almost thirty years. Do you want to say one, two, what seven? Maybe were the the good ones? Yeah, this is gross. This yeah, is gross. You, you can uh, you can probably make an argument for even I, I so. I kind of had a phase where I was like, what are the Simpsons up to these days? I haven't watched The Simpsons since I was about eight years old. And I checked out the 15th season of The Simpsons and the 16th season of The Simpsons. And those weren't bad. But they certainly were not the original Simpsons. And I I would tune in every so often when you would hear, oh, they're killing a character off. They're killing off one of the main characters. And it was like Maude Flanders. You know, she gets hit with a T-shirt and falls off the bleachers and oh, dies. Yeah, yeah. So I, Apu because he's racist or whatever. I don't even know what The Simpsons looks or sounds like at this point. I just saw. I, I, this, the only reason why this came to mind, I think, is because of um, or why The Simpsons is on my mind, is because Kerry Washington got announced as a new replacement for Miss Krabappel. Now, I don't know if the actress died or something or if they're just on, like, we don't want to demonize teachers kick. But that that's what the move is currently. Bart's new teacher is going to be a smart, educated woman because that's funny. I love it when all the when all the characters on The Simpsons become Lisa Simpson. Yeah, isn't that fun? Isn't that just great where the joke was that she was this, but now all of a sudden everyone is this, so she's not special anymore and mm-hmm. she's just like everyone else yeah she died in 2013 apparently the... and they've just kept it going they figured out a way to use her anyway i mean I how how frequently what what lines does miss krabappel need to have you can probably recycle them for for ages i mean she's been at it for, she was at it for 20 years yeah. 25 years yeah she she maybe had what a couple of episodes right and that's it where she was the main I remember there was one where she's like trying to find a husband or something, or she's mm-hmm. like lonely and shit, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that was her her thing, right? She was like the the older lady that didn't get married, and yeah. 
yeah, it's very depressing what happens to things that last way too long, like The Simpsons or South South Park. Yeah, South Park I would definitely put on that list as well. Debate. Look, when I said that the first time, people were like, people came after me. People brought the pitchforks out. I don't know if you remember all the hate that was getting spewed at me on Facebook. I put out the same meme again two years later, and people fucking love it. They're acting like, this is so on point. Because now they've seen the specials that South Park is doing, and South Park is still trying to do their... Their gimmick, their their shtick of, haha, this is bad because of this, but this is also bad because of this, and it's just not an interesting position to take. And it, the humor hasn't changed. Which the humor, I mean, listen, if you're into that kind of humor or whatever, fine, whatever. Uh, I'm sure some of the jokes are funny, but it has just worn out its welcome with me anyway. It's just too long. Like, nothing can last that long and have a you know the same amount of quality from the beginning to end uh, right it's just yeah they should have they should have <clears throat> ended it years ago and just branch out to new things now they got a deal with what hbo max to make what one movie a year or something uh no south it's pa- it's paramount plus and part of the deal i think is going to be their south park special so they could just do seven of those put them out and the deal would be fulfilled but originally it was supposed to be i think they were going to do a movie every other year or something with them. And I don't know what the status of that's going to be. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Netflix is right with their three seasons thing. <laughs> Maybe things shouldn't last that long. I don't know. No, I, I'm not. Nah, no. I don't, I don't mean that. But because, because they have killed uh, some shows that I like. Uh, they just, you know, no ending or anything. I kind of like HBO doing that because at least if you're a fan of the series and they don't want to put any more money into it. At least you get an ending. and You get integrity just, you know. or enough in- story integrity, enough creative integrity with it. I think the real thing here is uh, excess is obviously bad. Uh, but if you do have something good that can be continued, then maybe maybe explore that option as well. Uh, it's when things go on for thir- – look, let's exclude reality TV from the conversation here because I have about – Listen, listen right here. I've got, um, in addition to uh, countless series on my shelf, I've got about 12 seasons of Survivor Just I brought back from Massachusetts right, just to have. I'm not even going to watch them, but just to have them, just in case, you know. So I have that. Yeah. Uh, and that's been on the air for 42 seasons. But in principle, if you're on a scripted series, although, yeah, no, if you're on a scripted series and you go over 20 seasons, I think it's time... I think it's time to put the the actors in that cast out to pasture. I think you got to take them around the barn. Say, all right, we're we're cutting you off. We're done with you at least. If we're going to keep the series going, we need a brand new cast and story, and just turn it into something different, like a like a soap opera does. Uh, ER, for example, ER's first fifteen seasons, you have one cast, and then John Stamos and fucking uh, Ben Kingsley or somebody come in, and all of a sudden it's a brand new cast uh, working in the ER, and like you didn't watch before. Mekai Pfeiffer suddenly a main character. Wow. Dave Couillet shows up. <laughs> yeah, he's Uncle, Uncle Joey puts, joins the cast. He's like Patch <laughs> Adams for the ER. Yeah, he puts on a, a little uh, clown uh, nose and starts doing voices that nobody enjoys in the hospital and everyone just rather die. He just gets in the way. <laughs> He's trying to do impressions while they're trying to save a child. He's just <laughs> stalling for time. Um, 
But even that's a terrible idea because then you alienate the original audience. You might as well just start a brand new thing from scratch. I mean, I would. I, it's probably smarter to do something along the lines of what CSI did, where it's just like, we'll call it CSI and then add a location or do something different. Mm-hmm. They just brought back the original Law & Order after, I think, like 19 years off the air. So you, maybe after a while you do that. Yeah, just – well, Peacock is not – Peacock has no avenue. No one's really tuning into Peacock. So you need something. And they can't even use Chris Noth now because of his allegations that he, uh, you know, grabbed an ass or something in 1999. So they didn't even let him come back on the Sex and the City reboot finale. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right. Which is going to be disappointing when I'm done watching Sex and the City because he's my favorite character on that show. When you're done watching, uh, what's the revival called? And and, and just so like there that. was, and just like that, menopause is that what the show's called? And ju- <laughs> just like that, I'm dry. Mm-hmm. And just like that, uh, cervical cancer. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least at least Kim Cattrall of Police Academy fame had the decency to not come back for that one. She had the foresight to see it was going to be a piece of shit. She didn't want to play old slot at 70, however old she is. Oh, God, could you imagine? No. <laughs> She's, she is about 65. She just said, listen, I hate those people in real life. I'll never come back for the series. And I applaud oh, her for that. So good, good for her. Good for her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good for her. She was in Porky's, right? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That would have fit. She was in all those was wacky great. 80s comedies. Um, yeah, and... It, in all of those, oh titties, oh whoops! You just walked into the walked into the uh, locker room and mm-hmm. oh tits. Speaking <laughs> of TV, we should do a TV movie next week. We should do Sex in the City the movie. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> no, you don't want to do Sex. I'll tell you what. No, uh, I'll tell you what. Before no. I started watching Sex in the City the series, which is no, decent, no. Um, I watched Sex in the City two, and I don't the know movie? if you know what the yes the movie. Uh, I don't know if you know what the plot of that is. It's they all go to Saudi Arabia, and this is after nine eleven, and uh, what it's do? just it's them trying to fuck in public and uh, Arabs trying to kill them with swords. I'm not even kidding. It's <laughs> old slut Samantha gets gives a hand job on the beach, and some Muslims see her and try to fucking kill her. I was like, what oh. the hell is this movie? They did this. They got away with this. Are you kidding the me? Hangover three, the Hangover 3 of <laughs> Sex in the City. <laughs> it's, it was non-ironically. When I watched it anyway, back in like 2018, so mind you, it's like the height of comedy being on the decline. I was like, this is pretty fun. This, I can't believe they got away with it. This is pretty amusing. I think episode two, 250 will do Sex in we'll the City. We'll do Sex in the City double feature <laughs> with a strong emphasis no, on Sex just... in the City 2. Just one. I don't want to watch three hours. <laughs> Especially when this comes out, will be. I mean, if if we keep doing uh, as many episodes as we do now, it will be what December ish, right? For two fifty. Hmm. Yeah. Really depends. Really depends because we've been we've been uh, uh, trying to figure out. I, I, I guess if we're supposed to do one episode a week, if that's better for for numbers and patrons. Patreon.com slash Lores for exclusive episodes. Or if uh, we should do two episodes a week. And I think the answer is we got to do a change-up every so often. Maybe a different season. Right. Uh, you know, if we, we get into summertime, then we do two episodes a week. If we're doing, uh, I don't know, spring and fall, we do one episode a week. Maybe something along those lines. we gotta, we got to see how it goes. 
right now it seems like two two a week, which is what we're doing on uh, Spotify and for Apple Podcasts, is doing us well. I guess what my, my point is that I don't want to watch three hours of Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather? All right, what is the what is that? What would you say would be a good passage uh, or second second uh, pit stop in this passage of television movies, television TV show adaptations to go after the fall of Sam Axe, if not yeah. Sex in the City 2, which got a theatrical release. We're talking about theatrical features here, unlike the fall of Sam Axe. I'm going to be honest, after what you said about that movie, that actually sounds kind of funny. I don't know if they played it off for laughs, but... They did. I would actually be... I would actually be interested in watching, you know, Benny Hill in Saudi Arabia, but this, but it's women <laughs> just women running around trying to not get murdered or getting their hands cut off. Uh, mm. It's um, very Nightwalk. It's like the beginning of Nightwalk, where Sean Stone's wife is killed because she's just seen in public with him without a hijab or something. Which, by the right, way, Mickey we'll Rourke's killing it lately. Yeah. What? What is he doing? Uh, he just had a new movie come out called The Commando with Michael Jai White. So Michael J. White is not doing great. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that could be another Civic TV. I think, yeah, I think people have not seen a single episode of the new and improved yeah. Civic TV yet, but it's very Mickey Rourke heavy. We've done three films of his now from the past two years. He's on an Eric Roberts kick. How can you not? They're all so great to watch. So He's great. He's always great in yeah. them. He's always yeah. very entertaining. He'll be yeah. great uh, when he comes back in that Roman Polanski film that stars John Cleese, apparently. That'll be an interesting oh. combination of players. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, probably the first Polanski movie that I've been interested in watching for a while. I'm not really familiar with his modern movies, to be honest. I just watched... Um, have you seen the Cursed Film series that AMC does? No. Well, they cover uh, a film where, like, ooh, something spooky happened on the set. I think they covered The Exorcist, Twilight Zone movie, and something else on the first season. On this season, at least so far, it was um, Tarkovsky's Stalker, which hmm. is not cursed... It's that they went to an abandoned power plant and all got cancer and died. Yeah. That's not a curse. That's radiation poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the other one was I'm... Rosemary's Baby, which he directed. And that is also not a cursed movie. That's Polanski did not get a curse on him that would put him in the anus of a 13-year-old. No one's getting that kind of – it's not like thinner – where you're getting cursed and suddenly, you know, you wake up one morning and there's a 13-year-old wrapped around your penis. That would be the worst curse to get, I think. Um, or or John Cassavetes, you know, there's something really spooky about his death that occurred 27 years later from psoriasis. You know, that's the curse of Ro Rosemary's Baby. Or Mia Farrow, who just became a crazy bitch, who became a crazy gaslighting bitch and told her children they got molested by Woody Allen because he looks like a pedophile. Yeah. What is John Cassavetes hiding from the trauma of Rosemary's <laughs> baby that led him to drink Alcohol, excessively? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. What is that? What is it called? I might check that out. Sounds uh, like, even though those movies, I think films. I know what happened in those movies. Oh, okay. 
cursed films. Yeah. There's cursed films. They're they're doing the thing that Stranger Things does, which I don't really like, but whatever. Where they don't do season two, it's cursed things two. Curse curse films two. Oh. Uh, they just add a number at the end of the season when there's anyway. Uh, are you excited at all for Stranger Things season four? No, I I didn't even finish season two. I think I got to like the third episode and I was like, ah. Uh, so no, not really. Don't even know what's happening. Don't know. I'm sure there's more characters that were introduced. I, I didn't even get to the point where uh, the guy from Spree shows up. I don't think. No, oh, he was in season one. He's he's been oh, a he? lifelong. Oh yeah, cast member. he yeah. was like a yeah. Well, I don't know. I just I don't remember anything about it to be honest. But I I remember that in season two I was still like all right. Season one was fine. Uh, not wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but I was like, okay, I'll watch what they do next. And then after like episode three, I was like, ah, go go ahead, continue. I guess mm-hmm. just not interesting. Have you watched it? Yeah, I I kept up with Stranger Things, but it it was disappointing. I mean, the the point in season two that everyone references is when they start setting up a spinoff, which does not look like it's ever going to happen now. When it was uh, like an Indian girl in Detroit that Eleven has to meet up with, and she has her own gang, and it feels oh, yeah. very backdoor pilot, which kind of fits the whole mo of the series, and I think is better yeah. left not explored because those people weren't interesting at all. It's like here's all the other people with power. It's an X Men episode now. It's the Fear of the Walking Dead type of thing. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. And uh, maybe that's going to be the route that they go since all the children are thirty years old now, uh, but. Season season two, otherwise, I think was okay. It just kind of feels like the hangover part two, not to repeat your line that you threw out there earlier, but they literally do that thing where it's like, we got this cast member who was out for the entire season. He's not really part of the gang, even if he's part of the gang. How about he just goes missing again and they have to get him? So they do that. And then season three, they tried something a little bit different. And um, I think in terms of writing, it was probably a better season than season two, but I just couldn't. I don't know. Didn't really do it for me. I wasn't that interested, and I kind of zoned out midway through. But this season four uh, trailer, anyway, looks pretty good. Uh, the villain isn't going to be some basic CG monster that lo- looks like the creature from the end of the Resident Evil movie we we covered on the show. Um, they got a guy to wear like a suit and did him up in makeup and made him look like Skeletor from the old He-Man movie. So that's that's all right. Okay. That's a change i guess so yeah are we and it's the last season okay. well, I, I, I don't know about that on it. Yeah, we uh maybe we'll do stranger things they're, they're doing the thing that all these shows do nowadays which is the final season is actually oh, two yeah. seasons we're gonna break it up uh, all right but just don't call it the final season then just say hey this is the penultimate season and that's the yeah. final season yeah, there's five episodes instead of ten, but it's the same season. You're just going to have to wait six months to watch the second part of it. Just... Right. How about we do four seasons, and the four seasons are five seasons? Yeah. It's just who's, It was all Breaking Bad's fault for doing that. For doing, ah, uh, yeah, we're going to, this is the final season, but we're going to break it up and do a year-long pause in between. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was not that was not fun because I watched it as it was coming out, Breaking Bad, and I just remember those year breaks. So you're just like, when it came back, you just have to, I had to download the last episode to remember even what what happened. That shit doesn't exist anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Well, even though even though uh, uh, what Tokyo Vice is release what three episodes every time they release them right or something like that or is it one episode of C- uh, week? I I don't know how they're doing it with cable television, but the way that they've been doing it with HBO Max, that how I've been watching it is they'll do two or three episode dumps. So the premiere was right. three episodes, and then the following week they put out two episodes, and then the week after that they did two episodes as well, but they broke it up over two different days, which they hadn't done before. Um, it's very confusing, but I don't mind. Pick one. <laughs> How yeah. about you pick one? There's just all of them or, or weekly ones like before, or, you know, I don't know. I just, because the thing is with me, like I like to watch or at least have available the whole thing to watch. Cause I suffer through a lot of, uh, on my growing up, I suffer through a lot of no access to things. So, um, uh, Either the episodes that they were purchased on Costa Rican television uh, would end, and then you would never learn what happens, and then all of a sudden, next the next day, just a restart of episode one. Or, yeah, you had to wait a long time. Uh, and before, uh, torrents weren't like now, where the next day or within an hour or two, someone's updating it. No, you just have to check throughout the week to see if someone uploaded the episode or not. So after that, now I'm kind of like when whatever I watch if if they do it like that I kind of wait until they're all available and and then watch them all. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just th- knowing that I have them available there. I guess. Have you kept up with Tokyo Vice? No. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. It's good, but it's not I I think uh, it hasn't run out of steam just yet, but it, it, they're leaning into that one particular female character and her story. I think is a big mistake. I think uh, concentrating more on unless you're going to kill her off, and then that's going to set up the story for season two, which I think is the way to go if you're going to do that. Um, I think it's a mistake wasting so much time on that character because she's not all that compelling. She's not a terrible actress or anything, uh, but there's much more interesting things that are happening around uh, the Jake Adelstein character. But I, I don't did know. Stop, I'm still enjoying it. Did you stop minding the? I guess big difference between episode one and episode two and the rest. Yeah, yeah, it it stuck with that kind of um, what you would come to expect from a modern uh, elite cable show. I'm fine with that. I've gotten over. All right, we're not going to have the dirty Michael Mann style for the rest of the series. That's uh, done with. Uh, And the direction hasn't been terrible or anything. They're making it a little extra '90s because it doesn't feel especially 90s. So now they're throwing in NSYNC tracks and things like that. Uh, there's some good good music that's used in some of the club scenes, though. Um, they've decided to up Ansel Elgort's sex scenes with, with Asian women on the series. That's always a plus. That means it's Kino, is WMAF uh, being featured in there. Uh, but yeah, it's really the only series that I've been looking forward to uh, watching even with Survivor, Survivor fucking stinks now, unfortunately. Um, so it's just Tokyo Vice for me. Yeah, I might. Do you want to do an episode in this season so I can have a reason to continue watching it? Yeah, we can do a wrap up when they when they finish the season. We'll bring back Anthony and Brendan. People seem to really like that episode. I've gotten a lot of DMs about that uh, episode in particular. Uh, some positive comments over on YouTube. Uh, and the numbers for that on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify were, were pretty solid. So I would be definitely down to see if we can get those two back and we can do a season wrap-up. All right, cool. 
They're also going to be doing a Michael Mann retrospective, I think, uh, Museum and music, uh, Moving Image here in New York soon. So it uh, might be a good opportunity to wrap up our Michael Mann retrospective that we were doing with Kid Polaroid. See what we can do with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. All right. All right. That has been our 200th episode of movies. We just crossed the two-hour mark a little bit ago. Uh, is there any, any parting words to sum up the 200 200- By the way, next episode... We're going to be talking about true crime. We're going to be talking about Ted Kaczynski, Ted K, the movie, again, uh, with Jake Hanran, another journalist named Jake. Are they going to do the Popular Front movie? Will Michael Mann do, what would it be, Iraq Vice, Turkish yeah. Vice, about his Ukraine days in the Vice. prison? It's going to be Ukraine Vice now. I mean, he tells a story or will be telling stories about what happened there, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well... Uh, again, Fall of Sam Max, not bad. Burn Notice Pilot, a little more watchable, maybe. Could it could have been? Does uh, Bruce Campbell come in more per episode than what we got in the? I'm assuming yeah. that's the case. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, there's more characters added after that, so you know how the pilots are always just like bare bones and everything. Uh, it yeah. doesn't become that show until like season two, I, I think. It's probably the best. One. For a procedural, for any kind of show that, that is aiming for syndication, usually the worst of the episodes are the earliest episodes. Mm-hmm. And it just gets better from there. So uh, I can't say I'll check out the rest of the season or series, but you never know. I don't know. I might might just strike a mood where I want to check out some burn notice. Um, not the most likely, but who knows? I like having – look, I got into an ER phase. I'm exactly. on ER season That's... seven. Anything's possible awesome. here. Jesus, how many seasons of VR? 15, 16? It is 15. It's 15. I'm almost done with the original cast of this. They just had George Clooney uh, off the show. Some woman died of AIDS. Uh, they got rid of William H. Macy. So the original cast is dwindling down as as we speak. All right. So uh, maybe for episode 300, we'll do uh, Burn Order Season 1. Yeah, I don't think so. I I don't think 300 is going to be burned (laughs) notice again. (laughs) I don't think uh, 300 of movies in general is going to be a TV show, but uh, I think we're good with burn notice at this point. I think you're never good with burn notice. (laughs) I think we've been more than fair to do two hours on burn notice for the 200th episode of movies. I found a podcast where they talk about burn notice on like – each episode is about each episode of Burn Notice, but it only lasted like 12 episodes. So even then, gave up <laughs> before season one ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't blame you, but uh, I recommend it uh, to anyone. Because uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an easy show to watch in the sea of overly complicated television that we're getting now. Uh, where sometimes it's just complicated for no fucking reason or at all. Um, but yeah, that's 200 Two hundred. I wish I had like a little mini cake and candles that I could have presented at the start of the show, and like burn notice scribbled and and we could just let the cake burn in my hand to celebrate burn notice the series, burn burn through my skin maybe. Should I just? I mean, I'll burn my apartment to the ground tonight. I don't know. Hey, they just found a dead body right right out behind my building the other day. Some dude tried to go swimming, fucking hit his head and died. They haven't found uh, in the water. Oh. Yeah. That's safe in New York? That sounds disgusting. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. He, I think he was on drugs. We don't really get too many of the schizophrenic homeless people around here, but uh, he must have been on like a bad trip and thought low tide meant high tide and cracked his head like an egg. Yeah. I don't know if he died, actually. I don't actually know anything. I just heard hell. It was when we were recording the last show we were doing, there were some helicopters uh, on the hunt searching for this man. So uh, hopefully he's alive. Hopefully he's out there, not bloating in the Hudson River. No. No, I don't agree. <laughs> Hopefully he's not. <laughs> we need a Michael Weston to solve this mystery. Yeah. Yeah. We need someone to help these poor people that no one's going to help. Or if he's family, they're worried. Sure. Michael and uh, has got a specific set of skills. Wait, no, that's a different movie. Hold on. Specific uh, set of skills. Isn't that? That's the John Travolta yeah. movie. No, no that's, that's Taken. That's, that's Liam Neeson. Yeah, that's Taken. Damn, because, Taken you know, would have been until, so good with Travolta instead. Because, you know, uh, until you figure out who burned you, you're not going anywhere. That's how the intro <laughs> the of the show ends. Is that the, is. <laughs> That's is it, that the, the intro of the show? Oh, God. So the show, the, show, the show starts with, my name is Michael Weston. I used to be a spy. Until. And then things happen. And he's like, when you're burned, you've got nothing. No cash, no credit, no job history. You're stuck in whatever city they decide to dump you in. Either whatever work comes your way. You rely on anyone who's still talking to you. A trigger-happy ex-girlfriend. An old friend who used to inform on you to the FBI. Family, too. If you're desperate. Until you figure out who burned you. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. That's how the show starts. So You didn't see it because you only watched the pilot. Maybe one day when you continue watching When I get to episode like, 6 oh. of Burn Notice and it becomes a regular yeah. feature, yeah. Then then I'll, find, I'll go, ha, that's what Hans was talking about. My name is Michael Weston. I think the show ends with that, too. I think Fiona tells him to say something like that. And yeah, it's great. <laughs> It's a great ending. It's a very happy ending. Happily ever after. Wow. All right. That has been Movies for this week. Thank you for listening.